All right, and we're back. All right, y'all, we are back. And uh, we're back with um, Bashe Williams. If he wasn't with us, our guest, he, he's, he's a licensed clinical social worker described as an intellectual emotionalist, someone who understands what a man thinks and what a woman feels, helping the two meet and have common ground by encouraging emotion and logic to agree. The dedicated father, relationship specialist. We still got Bashe Williams in the building, y'all. And we're back from our break. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about Dear Future Wife. You know, you're um, a man's guide and a woman's reference to healthy relationships. And uh, I want to talk to you. I want to ask you why. What made you actually write Dear Future Wife? So there's a couple different things, but I think most importantly, it was because um, I wanted to um, have a ideal relationship. I wanted to have a highly functional, loving relationship. And I knew I needed to do some work myself. Um, I started because I had this idea that this plan that I was going to go to college, meet my wife, graduate, get married, live happily ever after. So that was my idea. So <laughs> when I, yeah, when I went into relationships, I didn't go into relationships to meet the person. I went into relationship to marry the person. Mm. So that was my idea because I wanted love. I wanted to be in a perfect situation and we can figure everything out. We can conquer the world. We can do this. We can do that. So when a relationship didn't work out, I'm not one who blames the person that I was with. I'm one who self-reflects and, and looks at myself. Even if somebody did something to me, I'm asking myself, what did I do to cause them to do that to me? So it's more introspect. And it's more of, again, self-reflection of, okay, I needed to do something differently. I needed to work on this. I need to be more present here. I needed to do this. What can I do? Uh, and so, you know, being emotionally available was dangerous at that time. So I began to write, you know, I began to write this love story of work, you know, what I uh, needed to improve on or what um, another person needed to improve on in a sense that as a man, what does, this is what a man needs and this is what I need from a woman or this is what I want from a woman. So that's when I began to just kind of like journal my thoughts. Prior to that, I was used to write raps and stuff like that. Okay, okay. All that good stuff. So <laughs> it's like, all right, I'm not going to be a rapper, but, you know, I got, no, I got no. bars. And I, <laughs> it's not going to happen, you know. Um, so I was like, let me transition it into like poetry, and then it turned into the letters. Mm. You know what? That's that's interesting because how you say, you know, you you got into relationships to get married and live happily ever after. It's like how I was like, I'm going to the NBA. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I'm ain't no question in my mind. Like, we I'm about to do this, and then you were like, and it, like for me, the NBA was like. If it happens, it happens, but I ain't really sweating it. Like, that was my approach to to, to, yeah. to dating and relationships. Like, hey, I ain't really thinking about that. I'm, I'm focused on this and, you know, X, Y, Z. So I thought that was very interesting. But, yeah, so I, I don't – I can't say that I'm um, 
I think I know usually before I got married. Like I, I'm one of those people who once I determine what this is, it doesn't change for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like once I determine that, like I'm not looking for a wife. When I determined that before, I was literally not looking for a wife. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and there was nothing a woman could do to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how good she perceived she was and all that kind of stuff, I, I just and I let them know from the jump, like this is just I'm not in that zone. But when I was ready, and I told myself that, you know, I'm ready. You know, I'm, I'm ready to meet the woman I want. Literally, probably like months after that, I met my wife. Like it just. I was I was just like focused and honed in to where I saw a picture of her on Instagram like years ago. I didn't even I didn't even know she she didn't even have an Instagram. Mm-hmm. She a friend of hers put her in, you know, took a picture with her on it. I said, "That's going to be my woman. That's going to be her." And she's my woman. She's my wife. You know, uh, still yeah. 6 years later, but but you know, because I had I had a, a paradigm shift as it relates to how relationships look for me because my, my my stepdad and my mom had got married, but I just didn't I didn't see it there. It was not what I wanted. You know, I, I really saw interactions. But when I when I met my mentor, and that's why I say it, having a mentor is, is so important. And and you guys are listening, you you know um, about about all this stuff pretty much but just to kind of reiterate just having someone who is older that looks like me somebody I understand that gives me access to what it looks like what it feels like to be in this type of relationship this level of relationship where both are respecting each other I've never seen that before or Mm -hmm. both are communicating in a way that's mutual and a lot of a lot of relationships that you see, one's either up here on communication and the other one's down here. It's a mismatch in communication, but right. never, you know, rarely is it is it equal. So I say all this because you talk about in your book about how your college relationship was. And you talked about the importance of influence and how people that were around that environment had this mentality that it's short term anyway. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I want you to talk about how important is environment to and how it affects your relationship perspective and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think environment is 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 very influential on how you operate and how you think and what impacts you. Um for me, because, you know, I guess growing up it was my father and my mother who were together, then estranged, and, and, and it was different things happening, but it was my oldest sister, um, and then my female cousin, and a lot of times my mother and my sister and my female cousin, and they had a lot of stuff to do that they could relate to, and I had to chill and kind of sit by myself. Mm-hmm. So even though I saw them interact, and I had to create my own entertainment, my own thoughts and theories and all that type of stuff. So that impacted the way I operated after that, the isolation. Mm. Because 
you know, you're told like, that's girl stuff. You're not supposed to be like, let them do their thing. Like I got my army men, like why can't my army men <clears throat> mess with the, the Barbies? Like why can't he man and Barbie go together? You know, and then it, it, why can't I do that? You know, um, or why can't I go where everybody else is going? Because there's a whole bunch of girls. Now in my neighborhood, it was not a lot of boys that were doing the right things. Mm-hmm. Like growing up, you know, some were selling drugs, some were doing fighting or whatever. So my mother was like, nah, you can't be in that environment. Let me keep you away from that. Mm-hmm. So if I'm thinking about my environment, wherever I moved, I was able to sit back and still be myself and still do my own thing and and not let what's happening around me control how I operate. I can look at it, I can have perspective and I can understand it, but that doesn't mean I have to do it. So, you know, going to college again, I'm going, I'm coming from Maryland to Tennessee. I'm already isolated in a sense because we don't rock the same way. We don't operate the same way. Right. Like, you know, they have a whole different culture. Like I'm in the the, the mountains. Um, I'm, I'm out there with people from, it was Johnson city, Tennessee, people from Memphis, people from Georgia, mm-hmm. and we all dress different. Right. We talk different. So I still was me and I wasn't going to be what everybody else was. Right. You know, they all had connections. They come from the same area and all that type of stuff. So again, my idea of relationship was different. And plus people were coming to me about their relationships. Mm. So I can't look like your question. You know what I'm saying? I got to look like the answer. Okay. So that was that, that, that other added pressure that I was, you know, that I put on myself. So again, I'm in that environment, but I'm still different. Right. So you, you talked about um, that you're you're one to internalize and and kind of reflect on mm-hmm. what you could have did different. And these the 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 book, a dear future wife, is a collection of reflections. Mm-hmm. Right. So how how do you think those reflections have have helped you personally in terms of where you were when you first started doing it to now? So that's a funny question. Um, so it was a lot of reflections and not everything in the book is about me. Maybe about 15% is about my personal experience. A lot of it is about um, questions that are asked to me, stuff that I saw on maybe social media right. or friends and family, random people come to me asking questions in my perspective on certain things. Mm. So if I were to look at the stuff that actually impacted me or actually was personal um, and, and, and how I needed to reflect, putting that stuff down on paper and saying, yo, this is what I'm really dealing with. Mm-hmm. This is the stuff that I can't continue to do. This is the stuff that really hurt me. This is the stuff that I was ignoring and it was manifesting, you know, externally. And so it's impacting the way I operate in relationships and with myself. Right. So I said, I had to change some of those things and I had to, you know, understand what I was doing that was not only hurtful to another person, but also hurtful to myself. Right. So you think it gave you the ability to like really tap into how you truly feel about things, whether it be 
you know, somebody else's uh, experience, social media, like the collective of how people look at things and how people think about things, because that ultimately affects you also. Right. You know what I mean? Like the things that we thought about, you know what I'm saying? In 97 is totally different from the things that we think about now, you know, in terms right. of, you know, the, the, the desires are similar, but I mean like just the, how much information is available because of social right. media and all that kind of stuff. But that also has the ability to affect how relationships are altered. I believe because back in 97, you didn't really, you had the internet, but we were still having, we still had beepers in 97. Right. You know what I'm saying? We still had pages and stuff in, in 97. We had to buy minutes. I, yeah. I remember, yeah, having to buy minutes and like having, hey, I got, I got three minutes left on my minutes. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You got to call me at the nine. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, but but it it affects, you know, it affects a lot of things in terms of our relationships and how we view ourselves, because the way we viewed ourselves then is to it, it has to change because we have so much more information that kind of runs concurrent with the way that we think about ourselves and and what we think about you know the world and how much access to information where you could just back in I would say like back in the day instead of like somebody just telling you something what you gonna do you can't google it you know what i mean you can't you, you gotta go to the library or pick pick up a book but usually you would take what somebody says is pretty much at face value because there was nothing else to to, to gauge it from mm-hmm. nowadays somebody tells you something you can say okay well let me let me make sure let me google it and and check it out but there's and there's a lot to that as far as um and, and I'm saying that too, because well, there's a, well, I'm saying that too because in, in a part a part of the book you talked about how there's a fear of presenting who you are, you know, mm-hmm. like you know we hide who we are, um, and I, I think we we I think we hide who we are, but when we get into relationships, and this is why I asked about journaling because the journaling and writing your internal thoughts gives you the ability to really know your internal thoughts you know mm-hmm. and then when you get into a relationship with somebody you kind of uh they they get to see the thing that they become basically a living journal meaning mm-hmm. they can see some of the things that you can't say see or if or if your relationship ends then well then that journal is gone but uh, what I'm what what I'm getting at is the reason. Well, what do you think the reason why do we why do we protect ourselves within the confines of? Oh man, I want to say within the confines of actually failure. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like protecting yourself through knowing that it's going to fail, and 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 you choose to do it anyway because you don't. You don't really want to. I, I'm, I'm trying to find a way to ask this question because it's, it's really a good question because I feel like we 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 fear we fear who we 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 fear presenting who we truly are to the world. So we so we settle on something that we know isn't going to work or shouldn't work a lot of times. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think um, we 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 fear we fear being hurt. Right. You know, we fear being vulnerable. You know, if I give you access to my true self and you see it and you reject it, then what? So now, you know, I, I present it 
all of me and you have it in your hands. What are you mm. going to do? What are you going to do with me now that you have me? So and if, if we grow up and we've been rejected, we learn how to protect that. So we shift, you know, in order to relate to people mm. because we want to be accepted. We want to be liked. We don't want to be rejected in who we are. So we tend to kind of adjust in order when adjust to an environment and just adjust to the people, um, I said, adjust to the environment, adjust to the people that we're just in front of us. Mm. So we have this protective shell because under it is vulnerability. Under, under it is access to our weakest points. Mm-hmm. So when you say come into something knowing that it's going to fail, we don't necessarily know it's going to fail, but we definitely want it to succeed. And so we adjust ourselves so we can make things succeed. So that means if I have to protect myself and pretend, but then the person that you're meeting is meeting the needs of the person that you're pretending to be. Right. So now we have this circle of confusion and everybody's, you know, working on parts that really don't need to be fed. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to be able to be vulnerable and say, yo, this is, this is, what I'm feeling, this is what this hurts. You know, this is again, like the journal, this is my pain. This, these are my strengths. Um, and I understand I can't do it alone. There won't be perfect. There won't be times, um, where we won't have problems, but we're not going to let our problems or my weaknesses destroy the relationship. Right. Right. I guess what I'm saying as far as the, the failure part is like, um, not that you don't, not that you're not trying to succeed, but I mean, because you don't know how to succeed. Mm-hmm. So all you know is, is what you've been doing, what you've been programmed to do, what you've been doing up until that point. And, and I guess that's what I'm saying. Like we're doing it because that's all, that's the mechanism that we know, you know, that, that's the the method that we use to, to, to protect ourselves, which mm-hmm. If if not corrected, then it is obviously going to lead to a similar result. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So making making the adjustments. How would a person? How do you recommend a person? Like what mental shifts do they do? People need to make to make adjustments in their relationships, especially in their relationships. Specifically, mm-hmm. what type of adjustments can a can a person make to make sure that they are vulnerable and open enough within a certain, I guess, safety net? Would you say, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. How how? <laughs> I guess how do you really that? Like how do you how do you gauge if you're safe enough to not be hurt? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um. In a sense. So, I mean, that's when you do you know the self work when you feel like you can trust yourself, right. regardless of the results that I'm going to be okay. Right. Okay. Um, so if I'm meeting with someone, if I'm dating someone, if I'm in a relationship, if I'm married, that I, and I understand that my partner is not going to, um, go with everything that I say, my partner is not going to be everything for me. There are going to be things that I need to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's a spirituality part, there's relationship with God that I need to work on. And that's what my, you know, my core values and all that type of stuff. Right, so, right, right. But 
going into someone who's sitting across from you and just not putting the pressure of them to be the end all be all the fixer and all that type of stuff and knowing that if i share this moment with you and if you don't like it it's not that you don't like me you just don't like what i'm saying to you the experience you don't like how that makes you feel and i separate the problem or the issue or what we're talking about from who i am right so i mean that's that's the mental shift and we easily get rejected um, or feel like we're rejected because somebody didn't go with what we said. Right. And and that goes into like expectations, you know, um, creating, I I like to call them unfair expectations, especially Mm -hmm. like if you're, if you're dating, I always say like, how can you have expectations for a person when you don't really, you don't really know them to expect something from them. It's like right. going to the grocery store and expecting fast food. They may have it in there. They might. Right. But you're going to a grocery store, allow yourself to get in there and see what they have. And then based on your own desires and your own needs, like, this ain't it for me. I need to go somewhere else. Right. But I think a lot of people go in because they fear. Um, man, but that's that's crazy because then there's a then that makes it. That makes it safe. That makes it safe to not progress, if that mm. makes sense. It, it makes it makes because you can't really progress without t- tapping into those things that you don't want tapped into. Meaning your fears, your you know all your letdowns, all the things that you you know you protect yourself, all the all the safety, all the uh, mechanism that that we use to protect ourselves. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like we use those things, but we don't want anybody in that area. Like hey, this this area. Don't nobody could come in here, but outside of here, and that's what I that's what I what I gathered from that particular section that we create a safe version of of who of what we want to present to the world. We create a safety right. like a like a buffer, like okay, this area, hey, we 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 nobody really comes in here. Mm-hmm. Everything else, like you know, that's for the world to see. So then it affects how we present to the world, and then what we present to the to the poten- potential person that we're going to be with it ends up not being true so they're they're actually curtailing themselves to a false idea of who you are right you see what i'm saying it's yeah. a false idea of who you are so that's what you said in a, in a, in a nutshell right. <laughs> you know like just presenting somebody who's not really true to people and then expecting them to love you for who you are right but it's not truly who you are it's right. a it's a it's a representation of who you are yeah yeah so, so how like th- and that's that's a monster to get past though because mm-hmm. it because it, it it has so many layers to it like we layer it and layer it and layer it on top of each other and over the years unless somebody says hey like you're layered right. you know what i'm saying like you're difficult to xyz and mm-hmm. but but you're so used to how you are it's kind of difficult to to, to pick it out so what kind of what what methods should people use like let's say they're let's say they're single and let's say mm-hmm. they're in a relationship how do they start to to peel the onion so to speak well and it guess it goes back to what i was saying it's just like you have to do your personal work and and, and trust yourself that regardless of the response you're going to be okay so um whatever you did to you know when we build these shells and we walk around and with these representations of who we really are, 
Okay. That's a protective measure and because we don't want to be hurt. So I'm going to give you what um, I'm allowing you to see this part because I'm okay if you, you know, talk bad to that part. So we have these, you know, everybody talks about narcissism and, but we all have a little bit of narcissism because it's, it protects us. You know, right. there's of course a clinical person who's a narcissist, but we all have narcissistic wounds that we do to be saying like, okay, you can attack this part of me because I'm okay. Because that's also not the real me. Exactly. It's like a smoke screen. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a smoke screen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's about relationship is about building trust and it's about, um, again, trusting yourself and then finding someone that you can have that conversation with and say, you know, I'm trusting you with my stuff. And, you know, you have an opportunity and I have an opportunity to really build this relationship where we can not be like the world. Mm. You know, we, we can come into our, our confines of our home and be real. Right. And keep it in our home and within a relationship. Right. Just just maintaining that openness. I guess what I was really trying to get at is is what is the self-work that, that needs to be done. And I guess it really just depends on yeah. what issues those are. But that's why you have counseling and coaching and stuff like that. Right. Somebody that can kind of bounce off ideas and, and, and work help you work with uh help you work through those through those issues. Um like you said, real quickly um i had i did an interview with uh genesis games a couple episodes ago the miami therapist and we talked about the uh narcissistic how everybody like says this person's narcissistic and xyz but she says she really has never actually and she's been doing this for a while that she's never actually clinically diagnosed anyone as narcissistic and what people tend to do is label. Now, I'm I'm saying this because if it's a popular label, usually people will use it to say this is right. the problem. You know what I mean? Like that. But there's a but there's a lot of that. Like every so often there'll be a new label. Like I saw something else. I can't remember what it was, but it was a new they're, they're working on like new labels now. You know what I'm saying? So people use these different things. And like that's why it's great to have you, a professional, come on to say, listen. Everybody got a little bit of that in them. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? It ain't just that person that you that you blaming. Like you got some in in you too. You know what I'm right. saying? But you just want right. to highlight the one things that that they were doing doing wrong. Now, I want, briefly before we go, I want to talk to you about because you know what's funny? Like I've been seeing a lot of stuff now, but I really now you can correct me if I'm wrong, but but. You were the one I saw first saying future future wife, and now you see like future husband, future fiance, like you see all these future stuff. Now mm -hmm. I don't know if it's me because I, you know, I know I see it now. It's like a new car, you know, you see it everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> but but I, I I'm giving it to you. I don't care what they do. I I feel like you were the first one to do it. Appreciate that. But um, have have you first of all have you been seeing a lot of that going on? Yeah, so I first started writing it probably like in nineteen, probably like ninety nine, two thousand. So yeah, you were the first one. You said nineteen. <laughs> when you said nineteen, I said <laughs> that was before well, the I'm sure someone somewhere wrote it before me. Yeah, yeah. As far yeah. as like putting it on social media, like you know, I I got the whole. I mean, it's trademark. Right, right, right. You know, um. And registered, but 
Yeah, I mean, I, I did see it a lot. I, you know, I ran into a lot of people saying, yo, somebody's copying your stuff. Like, literally, people used to take what I wrote, rebrand it, put their name on it. Um, Dear future ex-wife. They <laughs> say a little stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that and yeah. just, or literally my stuff, yeah, yeah, my yeah. words that I wrote yeah. and put their name on it. I believe so, it. Like, they wrote it. Um right. So, you know, I've experienced different things, even in, when I first, I guess, made it a brand on Instagram, it used to be funny because it used to be people with like hundreds of thousands of followers who used to repost my stuff without my name on it, mm. steal my stuff. And I was just like, I got a thousand followers. Why are you <laughs> stealing from me? Like, oh, yeah. bruh, like just put my name, just repost and say good post and you know, yeah. we, we I'm trying to, I'm trying to get big like y'all. They, they trying to keep feeding the machine, man. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I learned a lot. Yeah, like through this whole process, and I, what I, the most important thing I learned is to just continue to be genuine and continue to follow, you know, my purpose and what you know what God put on my spirit, and what regardless of what it looks like to everybody else, I know that I'm coming from a genuine place. Right. I'm not looking to have a big thing i'm looking to heal and help it's right. not about me it's about my purpose it's not about you know uh again the likes the shares and all that type of stuff it's about if i can reach one person yeah then i feel good but but you gotta admit though man it sucks when somebody takes your stuff like i i hate when somebody reposts something that i repost it and don't even like it like i'm one of them kind of people i'm like <laughs> Man, at least give me a like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> give a brother a like or something, you know what I'm yeah. saying? A, a, a dot in the comment section, something. But, you know, I think that people want to be, I, I always say this, people want to be the first to yeah. say something, you know what I mean? Or seem like they're the first. That's why you got people putting all kinds of stuff about the Kardashians and all kinds of stuff, because they want to be seen, looked at as the first person to know. Like, I right. knew this before you knew it, so, right. you know what I'm right. saying? So. But tell me what, before we go, I, I want to know what is it going to look like once you get it right? Hmm. You see what I'm yeah, well, I, that, that's, that's, that's a question I should be asking you. No, that's a question I should be asking you because... <laughs> <laughs> you got it right. I know, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, for me, like, I got it right so it doesn't look the same. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got to write for you. So yeah, but, that's what I'm saying. And, and that's the that's the hard part about it. And then, well, that's why I try to write in general stuff, um, and, and stuff that you can apply whatever stage of your relationship. Right. If you're single, if you're dating, if you're in a relationship, uh, if you're engaged, if you're married, if you're divorced, I write to all of that in one paragraph. Okay. So you can relate to all of that because it's. It's 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 individual work. So you know when you got it right, when you can bring all your mess, put it on the table, and y'all can still eat together. Right. So that's what it looks like, I think, and that's for the individual person um, and the person that you're with. Mm -hmm. And you understand that this person in front of me is not going to be able to handle every need and want, but I still want that person in my life. But see, that's the thing. Like, I, but why not? You see what I'm saying? Like, see, for me, and I think I learned this from my mentor, you know, like, I, it really changed my perspective. Like, like I said before, I said, you know, when I was single, there was nothing 
you could tell me to convince me of otherwise. If I just does, didn't want it, then I didn't want it. But it wasn't until I got to the to the point where I said I want it to be. I want this, and I want it exactly like I I wanted I wanted a woman that could be my best friend, right? The mm-hmm. woman that could be my best friend that I could talk to about anything that you know we we work through anything. And and for me, that's all I needed and wanted. Like that mm-hmm. was that's all I needed and wanted. So that kind of created the framework that we're living by now, but it was intentional from the beginning. Like I knew that this is how it's going to have to be in order for it to work for me. If it's anything other than that, then it's not going to work. I know it's not going to work for me because I had enough, you know what I mean? I had enough uh, stripes and, 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 and all that kind of stuff to know, like I'm not going to allow myself to settle for something that I just know I don't, I won't want 10, 20 years from now. I, I'm I'm gonna always want to be with my best friends. I'm gonna always want to hang out with people I like. That's mm-hmm. not gonna change. But mm-hmm. what I won't like to do is just be doing the same things I'm doing now, like just different women, different you know, different things that that are cool, but you know, cool at that moment. Like, cause you're not thinking that that like long term, this is what I could be doing for the rest of my life. So it required me to shift my my focus and say, you know what, like the woman I want to marry is going to be my best friend, we're going to be able to talk about anything and everything. We're going to have a real relationship, a real friendship. Mm-hmm. Because I talked about this before. What we, t- what we tend to do is we say, I'm going to marry my best friend. And then like two months into the relationship, you telling yourself and telling that person, hey, you my best friend. Like I got friends that I've known 10 years and they're not my best friend. Right. You know what I mean? I got people that I've known for a lot longer than that, and they're still not my best friend. Um, so it could take time, but it could also take the depth, the depth of information that you allow. So I always say, people ask me, when people ask me, how do you know when you're in love with someone, right? And I say it depends on how, it depends on how far you've let them in. Mm-hmm. How much, and that determines the intimacy like how far have you allowed them to come into the to the deep darkness of you, who you are the stuff that right. you that you have from everybody else and how did they respond that's mm-hmm. those are the key factors for me how do they respond when they know the the worst about you the absolute worst thing about you do they respond with the absolute worst about themselves and then y'all work together or do you use it as ammunition to fight right. against each other and I right. think that's where a lot of couples are at. They're fighting. They're using the ammunition about who they are. They're using who they are as ammunition for each other. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Mm-hmm. So that's. I mean, that's exactly. Um, and what I was meaning. I mean, I'm in full agreement with that. Like you found, you said what you wanted. Like you got to the point where you've done your work. Like I don't want this life anymore. This is what I want. You want your wife to be this. And, and during that process, you know, I don't know if you met people now, you realize that's not it. She's it. When you met her, like, this is it. This is what I was talking about. No, I knew they was that it. Like, I, right. I like, <laughs> but right. I'm saying, like, it wasn't no question in my mind. I, I told myself up until that point, like, because I'm going to tell you what happened. Before her, I met this young lady that I was like, like, she kind of almost convinced me. Like, I'm telling you. She, mm-hmm. but but it was really honestly it was she didn't com- almost convince me I almost convinced myself because right. because she didn't what it was was she had just got out of a marriage right 
a devastating marriage to her. Probably about a year, year and a half afterwards. This is when we met. Now it was great. We had I'm talking about it was fireworks and everything. We had a blast. But she just was closed off to allowing me in to know who she truly is. Mm-hmm. And eventually she just shut down. It was like, you know how you know how they in the in the stadium they shut off the lights and they go choo, 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 like that. Yeah. It was like yeah. that. Like she was just slowly shutting down more and more to where I was completely shut out. And okay. so I was devastated. And y'all that listen know the story. So, but after that is when I really started focusing on like, okay, boom, if I'm gonna do it, it's gonna have to be with somebody who allows me in to the to the nth degree. But I have right. to also be open to that also. And then at that point I determined that this is this is what's going to have to happen in order for me to have to do it and now I'm ready and literally I promise you within like six months after that maybe six months to a year is when I met my wife mm-hmm. on a, off of a picture I just knew just based on the things that I had experienced before she lived and matter of fact she lived in Canada bro so she didn't even I didn't even have no way to get in touch with her I just knew off of a picture at that right. point so I'm curious for you, mm-hmm. what <laughs> what does it look like for you once you get once you get there? Mm-hmm. So it looks like how you just described it. It looks like the last chapter in my book. So um, it's funny because I was doing a podcast before, and you know my book started um, from writing from an unhealthy relationship that ended, and then. Parts of the book um, are from my last relationship. And so I gave the words and the identity of the book to those two relationships. Okay. Even though there was so much more in there. And then I got to the point, and it's funny because I was talking to the person, and it was like, yo, that's not their book. This is your book. Mm. And so I said, you know what? I'm taking it back. And for a while, I didn't even promote the book. I was just like, nah, I just, just write it. I'm going to get it done. And this is for everybody else to help them, blah, blah. But then I had to sit back and say, all right, this is what I want my relationship to look like. Right. So this is me doing the work I need to do. And my wife has done the work that she needs to do. And we're going to have that relationship where I can tell her things and be okay with it. Because typically, you know, I, I feel like I'm strong enough to tell somebody my deepest, darkest secrets, and I'm strong enough to handle whether they reject it. Now you reveal yourself what you do with that information. So I've been in relationships where I've told stuff and it became ammunition. And I'm never one to use anybody's things against them. So it's safe for them to do that. And also, you know, with everything that I do, you know, I go through moments where, you know, I'm at previous jobs where you're getting attacked and stuff like that. So you just brush it off. So you, you lose some of the empathy um, in this understanding you're dealing with a, a mental illness, but then when you get into relationships, I have to kind of shift my mind frame, right? Not allow certain things to happen because I can handle it. Right. So that's what it looks like. Again, sharing those deep thoughts and knowing that it's safe with that person. I gotta go. Like how tough is it now that you have this level of information and, and you know, how tough is it? I would imagine you have to talk to a date other therapists and stuff like that because it it must be tough for the most part to kind of like 
be able to read what's going on and like, man, you know, and fight that urge to say, okay, I'm I'm really attracted, but mentally, like, hold on now. Like, I know this this ain't gonna work. You know what I'm saying? Like so so here's the thing about that. Like previous relationships, I never turn on a clinical hat. But how? Like, like for me, okay. And 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 that that was a bad thing. And okay. that would be the question is like, and, and that also was a request because it was like, are you, you know, it's the first thing people say, like we're sitting down, we're enjoying a meal. Like, are you analyzing me? No, I'm just listening, trying to understand. And, and right. seeing if, well, yeah, yeah, I, I got you. Yeah. You know, so there's a, there's a clinical spot. Like, and then that means I'm breaking down everything you say. Right. Like, well, yeah, I got you. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And, and I dated a therapist um, a couple of years ago and that's what she did. She broke so it down said, like that. Yeah, I mean, it was just like like the sky is blue. Do you mean it's blue? Like, is it blue because you feeling this? Like, nah. Like, I walked outside, I looked up, and the sky was blue. Like, it used to be stuff like that. Like, I, we couldn't have a normal conversation. So I was just like, I don't know what I can tell this person, and I know that I don't want anybody else to experience that. Right. So once I got to the point, like once I get to the point where I'm putting on the clinical hat in a relationship, that's when it's tough. Mm. Because now you can't I'm enjoy seeing, it. Yeah. And now I'm seeing stuff that I should have paid attention to before. Now I'm, I'm breaking stuff down right. and I can't, you know, you know, it's just like, I need to, where's my place where I can come home and I can talk to somebody and it's not about anything mental health related, clinically related, mm. where I have to break stuff down and we have to go deep. Like I just got, I just came off of work. Like I just did that all day. So I need some reprieve. Like I need a turn off and my turn off should be the connecting, you know, on right. an emotional level and just us just, and if we have an issue, that doesn't mean I'm dis disconnect from the issue, but so, I'm not going to be doing that every day. So part of that is just, it could be just them projecting um, onto you, you know, what they believe you, you should be doing or are doing kind of like I was mm -hmm. just doing, like for me, my, like, I get it. Like I personally can't, like I meet a lot of people and I can't just like, Hey, analyze you and, and tell you, break you down like that. Like I, I'll like, I like, I still do this to this day. I still talk to a lot of people I meet everywhere. And, and I just listen to them just cause you got to get that baseline. It's like, you know, when they do the polygraph, they ask you like the basic questions, like is your name X, Y, Z, you, you establish that baseline, but somewhere in your mind, eventually something clicks. Right. You know what I'm saying? You like, whoa, I missed I, I, I let me slow down or, you know, right. I, I got so caught up in it. And then I guess it's tough. Like, I, I, I couldn't imagine. I don't know, man, that's that's tough for me. That's tough for me, because I, I think for me as a as part of wanting to help, mm -hmm. part of wanting to protect myself. And part of not wanting to waste each other's time, I think I would have to partially say, "Hey, let me let me make sure this is something I want to progress with." Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, is that a dilemma that you like? Is that a dilemma? I, I see. I'm out of the game. So for right. me, adding this layer on top of that, it, it, with you know, with the book and with women potentially being someone you'd be interested in, I would find it very difficult to 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 kind of like allow myself to not analyze. And yeah. you see what so, I'm saying? 
Yeah, so it's like it's, it's definitely been a shift um, in in that because initially, like I said before, it wasn't that. It was right. just like I'm playing cold turkey block, mine just open to just hear you and just to learn you. Right. And also through the process, if I'm, you know, if I'm at work and I'm dealing with six schizophrenics, and I come home and you might have depression. Seven. Yeah, <laughs> no, so, <laughs> oh, it's, and, I'm, and I'm dating someone that's borderline. Right. Um, I'm like, well, it's not as bad as the six schizophrenics at work. Gotcha. So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. okay here. It's not as bad. Like I can, I can survive this type of situation until right. it gets to the point where I realize I can't. Well, I, I, that's the reason why I'm saying this is because a lot of women that I see nowadays. Um, they automatically say, "Hey, narcissistic." So they're looking autom- they're they're automatically projecting the narcissistic, um, you know, traits onto someone before they meet them, and they're saying, "Well, this person." I'm just using women as an example because they're saying that this person is doing this to me because they are this, they are a narcissist, or they are this, and that's what I'm saying. Like for you, in order to allow yourself to really see what this person is bringing to the table you have to filter all of that stuff out and say you know all the things that you know and these people are like all the things they think they know because they read a few articles online they hear everybody talking about it now every 93.8 percent of dudes is 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 a a narcissist or you know or uh, whatever for women you know whatever guys come up with women um but I mean, we could talk a lot about this stuff because this is I, <laughs> because I find it I find it interesting the 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 shadow side of relation of relationships, like how when two people come together mm-hmm. and how they meet and where they are, and we we're gonna wrap this up, but where they are and how they meet determines a lot of the things that progress forward. Mm-hmm. So we talked about before, you know, doing the self-work, doing the self-reflection, making sure you do the work on yourself to be able to present um, your best version of yourself. But that's sometimes tough to do because you don't know the best version of yourself. Because if you, if you did know, you you probably wouldn't be in, in the majority of the situation that you're in. But I'm saying that because in order to, for me, relationships have been the gym of personal development. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I learn and see like, cause how you're saying majority of the things that you write about are a reflection of the things that you experience with someone or in a relationship or in whatever kind of relationship. Like I always talk about life is a combination of relationships. We learn about who we are and it's filtered back to us through the relationship yeah. that we, that we yeah. find ourselves in. So I think a lot of people that try to avoid are avoiding relationships are avoiding understanding more about who they are and understanding like what parts need to be, need to be worked on. So I think that's very interesting. Um, Man, I mean, we, you know, we covered a lot, we covered a whole lot, but how can, how can they get, first of all, how can they get in touch with you? How can they get the book? Here's the book. I got my copy. I actually got my copy. You see that? There it is. Boom. Yes, sir. Appreciate that, man. Yes, sir. Always support, my brother. Always. Um, so they can get the book at my website. Um, it's bashewilliams.com. 
and that's B-A-S-H-E-A Williams.com. And you go to the shop by Shay or go to the book tab and you can click on it. If you get it through my website, um, I'll send you, um, I'll sign it and send it to you. You can also go on Amazon. It's on iBooks. It's on um, Kindle, uh, Barnes and Noble, um, books and borders. I don't know. It's all, it's it's on a whole bunch of different platforms. But I something. I don't, my the, books a million. You, th- you probably talk about yeah, books a million. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think borders is even in business anymore. No, okay. they they out of business. Dang. Okay. But go yeah. ahead. <laughs> so all those online platforms is there. Um, but the physical book, again, you can order from Amazon. You can order from my website. Uh, if you want to get in contact with me, everything is Bashe Williams, IG, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, and my website is Bashe Williams. And I'm also on Psychology Today under Paul Bashe Williams. Nice. And, um, and my website for clinical stuff is Hearts and Mind Counseling. Dot com and that's hearts in mind counseling dot com yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. yeah so i mean that's how you reach me man i'm just you know all the social media platforms by shay williams all right cool 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 you got any any parting words any questions do you got anything for me brother any any questions any analyzations i'll take i'm taking it all you know what I'm <laughs> nah. <saying? laughs> nah, we're good we're good man i definitely appreciate it I'm going to go ahead and get ready for church, man, to go to the late service. Okay, there you go. I appreciate your time, my brother. Uh, y'all can definitely go ahead and check him out. Make sure you support uh, Dear Future Wife and uh, check him out on there. You can catch us on Instagram at Relationships and Chill. Relationshipsandchill.com is the website. And um, I'm Coach R. Anthony. Hey, we, we definitely appreciate you coming to uh, the Relationships and Chill podcast. We look forward to having you on again because I want to talk more about like specifically what <laughs> what we could do to um just just a, as men and women specifically like uh, how we relate and how we interact as black men and black women or whatever ethnicity cuz I'm be, we we're going to deal with all kinds of stuff so we'll have we'll have Bashe back on soon so you guys definitely want to make sure you stay tuned subscribe to the podcast on all your major uh listening apps and uh we'll catch you guys on the next go round We out of here, y'all. Peace. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Chill. For more information on cultivating the relationship of your dreams, please follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Relationships and Chill or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Relationships and Chill TV. You can also visit our website at www.relationshipsandchill.com. Together, let's make relationships great again.